You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, ProLeftPod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for September 7th, 2018. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where we bravely say Nazis are bad people all the time. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Hey, Drift Glass. Hey, Blue Gal. How you doing? Well, I thought we'd just talk about Infrastructure Week today. Oh, man. I'm having a best Infrastructure Week ever. Uh-huh. I got to say, I got so much <laughs> infrastructure stuff done. I did all my research, my homework. I got my plans laid out. I'm just looking for funding. Do you know if there's any funding available for infrastructure? <laughs> I got a whole bunch of shit that's been waiting to be done for about three years now. You know, I think that uh, there's going to be a little bit of a compromise made Uh in uh, the Congress in January, Uh which is, uh, yeah, Nancy, we're going to be happy to have you as Speaker of the House. But this PAYGO business, Uh these new Congresswomen that are coming in are going to be, oh, yeah, fuck that shit. No, 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 no. Side now, Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) And I appreciate her experience, the loyalty that people sure. have to her. Absolutely. I hope, I hope there is fresh new uh, leadership coming down the road. I don't think I, it's good to cast her aside. I respect her. Uh, but the Pago business, uh, it is really going to be, uh, I think, leverage for some uh-huh. of these newer people coming in. That's That's my prediction. I respect the skill of the of various basketball teams during mm-hmm. the fifties and sixties when it was <laughs> all white people in white socks. Uh, but really, they're kind of out of date in the, these modern times. What with the TV cameras and the black people playing mm-hmm. and the game changing. Uh, one, it's still the same basic game. I mean, it's still you know the the boundaries are the same and the points mm-hmm. structures more or less the same. But mm-hmm. I think we uh, Nancy needs to go to that that dusty trophy room where they keep all the victories from the 1990s. I've used victories in air quotes, like marriage, uh, like don't ask, don't tell. Mm-hmm. We're pro that was progress well, at the time. You know, I, I'm I not going with... to go back and. No, no, I'm you... saying that you, you put this in the dusty trophy case from the nineties and then lock the door and walk away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree with John Fugel saying, I I'm disappointed that John Fugel saying had uh, Rick Wilson on his show and didn't ask him the obvious question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which nobody does because for whatever reason, one of these days, I'm sure John will tell me about it. But he did say the reason that I believe I'm quoting him pretty accurately. The reason Bill Clinton signed um, Don't Ask, Don't Tell, I, I think, and marriage equality is is so that Bob Dole wouldn't be president. <laughs> I see. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. no, I have to buy off a bunch of assholes. And this is what this is the price I have to pay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and uh-huh. we we could relitigate that, but I'm too busy relitigating the 2016 election See, to go no, back and relitigate we're not doing the that 90s. either. No. But oh, really? Class, okay. That that said, Rick Wilson, I had sort of a revelation in my mind about Rick Wilson this week. You did, you did, and I thought it was so interesting and so smart. <laughs> my wife is so. My I wife. Was just uh, reading. First of all, yesterday, Thursday, we're recording this Friday afternoon, and I I, yes. I apologize to everybody if they were looking for my tweets yesterday. I don't think anyone was, no. but. Well, I was. I was sick as a dog. You were. You were uh, like sick. Thursday morning, three a.m., hugging the porcelain throne from three until six a.m., and then 
you know, as people are, you know, just dead for the rest of the day. I oh, yeah, had no, to, Crooks and Liars had to do without me, which was terrible, but they uh, pitched right in and uh-huh. took over and got everything done without I, me. And uh, I, I, was I did my, I did my part. Yeah. I, hung, I, I woke you up every five minutes going, honey, did you see my tweet? <laughs> no, you didn't. You fed <laughs> me, you fed me chicken noodle soup. Mm-hmm. and uh a few little crackers and uh-huh. tea you you know i couldn't even keep coffee down for a while so you know weak tea and uh crackers and so forth and and by 7 p.m or so it had passed and whatever yeah. it was was over but uh i w- i did spend the evening in bed uh yep. with my laptop on my lap and one of the things i was doing was reading uh rick wilson's tweets and realizing oh my gosh he hates Republican voters as much as Driftglass does. Oh yeah. Oh, he really, he really does. He really, really does. He and hates it's not, everything about them. No. He hates them, and yeah. yet he's been looking for their votes and selling himself and his talent to get those votes for a few decades, and and, not and being just, successful at it. Not just get their getting their votes is is a little too passive. Mm-hmm. Like the, the grabby hand you cultivating use. Cultivating the advertising, yeah. right? The language. Cultivating these idiots. He's been pandering to these people. Yeah. He's been whispering. One of the people whispering in their ear telling them that it's okay to be a, a, a asshole. Yeah. Your, your paranoia is patriotism. Mm-hmm. Um, it, mm-hmm. I remember one little thing that, and this is a larger subject we'll get to in a little bit, about the election having consequences. But one small detail was um, after Ted Cruz bombed out. Right. He said- Basically, he was relieved that he wouldn't have to defend that asshole Ted Cruz anymore. He worked for Ted Cruz, well, along with Kellyanne Conway, right? I, or was I he don't, just? I don't. I don't know if he worked for him or just advocated on his behalf. Oh, I think, and he was just a Republican saying, "I, I have to support the right. Republican nominee." He was relieved he didn't have to do that with Ted Cruz. Yeah, because he hated Ted Cruz all along. But he he really does hate the the Republican voters. He hates yep. them, and now he he's able to say him. that because they're yeah. Trump voters. So well, but it's, he can yeah. say that. Starting two years ago. Right, right. Before that, when he was up to his chin Mm -hmm. in making them the worst people you could imagine and making a fortune doing it, uh, that was off the table. That was not open for discussion. That was nowhere near discussion. And that's the timeline. That's what you have to keep your eye on. Um, And after we do our introductions, we'll get back to this subject. Yeah. Uh, But I do think that we need to tell people that there is a solution to their problems. Yeah, and and – they have released a new version of their product, and that's what's yes. really exciting about our, very our exciting. egg sponsor. Um, I can't believe he's President's Handmade Vodka now has a botanical version. Yes, botanical <laughs> coffee infusions. So it's, <laughs> it'll cost more. It'll co- it's, it's more, as Steve Martin says, it just means more, more money. More money <laughs> for me. So yes. it's the same shit, but they put the word botanical, botanical on it, which means on it. apparently you can shampoo with it. You can wash your crotch with it. You can Makes your hair smell terrific. Yeah. Is it, you know, it's, it's, is it a shoe, is it a floor polish or a dessert topic? Right. It's right. botanical, honey. No one knows what that means. I can't believe he's president. Handmade botanical vodka and coffee infusion. Mm-hmm. Do you wake up every morning with one question and one question only? What has he done now? You're not alone. And now there's a botanical product that won't make it better, might make it worse, but at least it smells good and gives you a reason to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I can't believe he's president handmade botanical vodka and coffee enhancer. 
a shot in your morning cup of coffee, sniff, sniff, and sipping it straight through the day. I can't believe he's president. Handmade botanical vodka and coffee infusions may just make you pass out into a sweet unconsciousness where the worst political scandal is a legitimately elected president's tan suit. I can't believe he's president. Botanical vodka and coffee infusion. I hear tell that the next iteration of greatness is fiber. Just <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I can't say anymore. People people told me shit. It's in semi secret. I've heard fiber there's fiber water. water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've had fiber water. Oh my and then god. I, then I strained it through <laughs> then I strained it and drank it. Uh yeah, you, put it but, through, you put it through one of those filters, right? You hope yeah. you did. Speaking of uh, marketing, I just wanted to add that Nike's online sales jumped 31% after the uh, Kaepernick campaign was released. Yeah, yeah. So well, uh, burn your shoes, burn your voter registration card, and <laughs> you'll own the libs, you know? And, and if you have a conservative uncle or cousin or aunt or uh-huh. family member or friend or, or office mate and you want to get along, you know, socks make a beautiful gift. I'm just saying. A beautiful Christmas gift. Uh, when you're when you're secret Santaing your wingnut friend, at, at, give him a uh, twenty or thirty pairs of Nike tube socks. Um, <laughs> I like that idea. I think it's touching. Uh, yeah. You you make sure that the good people at Nike, who are not good people, let's be no. really clear, Nike no, is a on. giant corporation that exploits child labor. So there's right. really no hero in this. Right. But um, uh, yeah, make them cut up those socks for New Year's. That can be their New Year's project: cutting all the swooshes off their new socksies. Of course, by that time, we'll have forgotten. Uh, the next so, outrage on, on will be, on, or we'll be, we'll be in the middle of of the new Democratic Congress coming on board. Certainly, the House. Uh, he said, realizing not jinxing it because it's not certain. Yeah, you got to run out in the snow now and spit three times. I do you know that, right? I do. I do. I know that. <laughs> Drift glass. I have felt uh, vindicated this week, and at the same time. Um, I feel like my abilities to predict the future have not been lost by the fact that some of our predictions have come true. You mean all of our predictions have come true? You mean all of them, Blue Gal? Because it's pretty much all of them at this point. Well, that memo, the anonymous memo, uh, which I was actually surprised at how quickly it was denounced as cowardly Mm -hmm. by the mainstream media. Uh, and not sensationalized as, oh my gosh, this is so great. Or the, finally someone's telling the truth. So like, no, this is a lifeboat. And uh, recognizing that, that this is a lifeboat, is uh, is a good thing. Well, the reason the mainstream media jumped on that is that David Brooks is on book leave. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't there to tell them that no, uh, no. humility is what we need to talk this about is, today. This right? is the greatest act of heroism since, I don't know, mm-hmm. man, since... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know when. Since that time, I wrote that thing about character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. Oh. And and you have in our notes that Chuck Todd stayed aloft for forty eight hours. He did. He did. It was. Consumerism is a hell of a drug. It's hard to break that. But for forty eight hours, he was on the right side of history. Yep. Uh, writing an article in the Atlantic mm-hmm. about Fox News, naming Fox News, naming not so much fox news as roger ailes which is an easy target because he's dead right uh but uh saying yeah this this guy has been destroying the media this guy destroyed the media destroyed uh the search for truth in media Uh and should be held accountable as he's dead yeah Uh, (laughs) and then 
he took to Twitter. <laughs> Forty-eight yeah. hours later, yeah, he's back to both sides. Yeah, it's you know. it's. I mean, Chuck Todd went so far as to say, even I, Chuck Todd, hero of stage and screen, have on occasion uh, resorted to false equivalents uh, yep. because I was afraid of Nazis egging my house. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, or afraid that the president of Comcast would come and kick his balls into his throat and then fire right, him. Right, and fire him. And yeah, sure. guess what? Now sure. you and David Gregory both get to have a podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we'll just give the show to fucking Hugh Hewitt because he'll do whatever you pay him to do. That's uh, right. And then 48 hours later, Chuck Todd is back to like, well, there's this Democrat who's making these false charges or charging something with no uh, evidence and then asking for them to prove it's not true. Is this the Trump thing? Trump, is this Trumpism is, in, is, is infecting everything? And I just, just like, you know, but there's, there's a thing I wrote. Uh, I'm in the middle of writing a post called now that the German Wehrmacht has swept into Paris. Yeah. has yep. promised to start taking the rising threat of German fascism seriously. He's mm-hmm. really going to do it now, folks. No, he's not. But as Murray Slaughter, another famous fictional journalist named Murray Slaughter on the Mary Tyler Moore show once said, mm-hmm. when a donkey flies, you don't get mad that he doesn't stay up that long. Yeah, yeah. You know, Chuck yeah. Todd, for one brief shining moment, exceeded his design parameters. Because let's face it, he's a hack. He's hired to sit yeah. in a chair and do the job that Ron Fournier could do, David Brooks could do, Matt Dowd could do, sit there and say, both sides, both sides, both sides, put a red ant and a black ant together and watch them fight. That's his job. And for one shining moment, he said, maybe I should be doing something slightly less shitty and enabling than this. Mm-hmm. And then he mm-hmm. collapsed back because into- democracy matters because yeah. free press and the constitution matter. Well, because right. they're coming after him now. Exactly. They're him coming after personally. his career. And yep. now, because, because he really thought they all thought they all thought if we just appease the monster long enough, um, it'll go away. It'll leave us alone. It'll, it'll take someone else. It'll take the liberals. If we just give them Hillary, if we just give them Obama, if we just go along with them and say, maybe the reason is that Obama's not leading, they'll leave us alone. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. I can actually understand at a local level why our local newspaper does that, because they really do depend on local subscriptions to keep the doors open. They lost a bunch of major advertisers. They're not getting them back. Our paper is now four pages long and two of right. them are ads. And they're trying to keep their staff on board. And we're in Trump country. And mm-hmm. I'm guessing, I'm, I take a while, I guess 60, 70% of their subscribers are Trump voters. Yeah. And yeah. the minute they start saying, no more fucking Ann Coulter on the editorial page. No, no, no. We're not going to play this game anymore. The problem is the Republican Party. That's the day they go out of business. Because that's the day two-thirds of their subscriptions are canceled. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a newspaper anymore. Right. That, however, as I said, I believe last week, the New York Times is flush. You know, uh, Comcast has a has a trillion dollars. They don't need yeah. to play this game anymore, but it's for profit. So Chuck Todd was perfectly willing to go along with this game show puppet, a uh, puppet show that he was in charge of right up until it landed in his backyard personally. Then it became a bad thing. But and, class, I'm going to interrupt you and just say sure. that uh, this is something Rachel Maddow brought up years ago, and it was very cogent which is corporations are not moral actors. Yes. They are a machine for making profit. That's what they do. That is the process by which they exist. Uh And so to pretend that 
you know, Comcast is flush and therefore the MSNBC news division doesn't need to make a profit. It's like saying, you know, the fox caught a hen and so now it doesn't need to hunt anymore. No, the fox hunts because that's what the fox does. Well, make a slightly different so, analogy. Or a neat <clears throat> different analogy. Sure. My uncle taught me that never leave the barn open because mm-hmm. a horse will eat and eat and eat till its stomach bursts. Yeah and, yeah. and a media corporation will glut itself and glut itself on profit and more profit and more growth and more profit yeah. until it kills everything around it. And you yeah, and Hillary Clinton said this during the election yeah. season as well, during the campaign, which is, you know, I have talked to CEOs, and if I offer them an opportunity to develop a product that they know will succeed, and I can guarantee them that in the long run it will make them money, mm-hmm. but in the next six months it's going to shave one cent off their stock price, they can't do it. They're not. They nope. We can't do that. Anything that doesn't keep my stock price up. Even if it's clean energy, going to make a profit, guaranteed, I'm gonna I'm gonna succeed at this. I can't I can't do it. And so, uh, you know, she of course had a binder and a plan <laughs> for how to ameliorate yes, that. Yes, a lot of binders, a lot and of to allow corporations to take risks, <laughs> and 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 however she managed to do that. But we can't. I, Chuck Todd is always going to be under pressure to please advertisers, to please the, the grand generic person who watches Meet the Press Daily and thinks they're watching news. Right. So that's just going to happen. Well, can, let me let me jump into this now, if you don't mind. No, go right ahead. <clears throat> Which is, broadly speaking, I, I'm, I'm working up to a you know 20,000 word essay on the subject. Um, right. But I don't and know. And we are going to get to Kavanaugh. I don't want people no, to no. think we're not. Let's get fact, this over with. This leads, <laughs> no, this leads directly to Kavanaugh. And that is that Half the media – this is a subtle thing, but I think it's really important. Half the media freakout is certainly that Trump won. But the other mm-hmm. half is the fact that Hillary lost. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Because everyone from the GOP leadership to the Republican never-Trumpers, especially them, to the Beltway media had retooled all of their machinery to spend four years very profitably bashing, bashing the shit out Hillary. of Hillary. That yep. was the plan, man. That was what that was going to – because she was definitely going to win. This idiot couldn't possibly win. That's why they felt so safe slandering her in the press. That's why they mm-hmm. felt so safe wildly over-reporting every little thing she did and mat- and radically under-reporting Donald Trump's insanity. That's why Joe Scarborough felt fine just giving the microphone to Donald Trump, why the media just gave him a billion dollars in free publicity because he can't possibly win. So the entire the, – the, the default setting of the Beltway media was on fire during the election. It was false equivalency every day. If you wanted a job on a panel – all you had to do was be Ron Fournier, sit there like a big fat ass dummy and and mime the words, both sides, both sides, both sides. Emails over here, whatever the fuck is happening here today, both sides, the corrupt duopoly. That's all you had to do and you could make out like a fat rat. Well, and the same with the never Trumpers. That's why they, that, they were laying big bets on Trump losing so that afterwards, after Hillary won, they could swing into action as the we told you so uh, faction. Now and they're still talking, planning on that. Yeah. They're still planning that they're going to be able to rebuild the Republican Party in yeah. that mold. But they thought, yeah. we told you so. Now you're stuck with Hillary because you didn't hire us. Mm-hmm. And they would be, they'd go back to work uh, running the same monster machine as before. Now they'd be basically like the neocons in the Bush administration. You know, we told you, we told you these, these people couldn't be trusted. Now put us in charge of your foreign policy. This is what the never Trumpers had in mind. Hillary will get in. 
And the Beltway media will do its job by amplifying everything she does, make her untouchable. The GOP Congress will run witch hunts on her and make her unelectable. And the never Trumpers will be the heroes who saw it all coming, Blue Gal. We warned mm-hmm. you Hillary would do this. We warned you, but you had to go with Trump. And so they would all go to work for Marco Rubio or, or Ted Cruz or whatever the fuck they chose. But nothing would fundamentally change. And most importantly, the malignant racism and ignorance and paranoia that the GOP depends on would still be in the basement. It would still be right. a secret. We right. wouldn't talk about it in the open because the GOP wouldn't certainly wouldn't mention it openly. And the media would go dutifully on pretending it wasn't happening. It isn't there, et cetera. This is only something those crazy libtards rave about. You know, they supported Hillary. Shut up about them. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're the real racists. And it was a perfectly safe bet for cynics and cowards and opportunists and mercenaries and traitors to lay down until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And now, then they all had to scramble and reinvent an entire narrative around all of the things that we now see are true, that the Republican Party really is a shit pile of racism and ignorance and malignance and really has been for 50 fucking years. And the media knew about it. The Republican Party knew about it. The never Trumpers who made a shitload of money certainly knew about it. And now they all have to pretend, no, no, this all happened two years ago. Right. This all happened two years ago. And that's where the, that's where the, the Brett, I said Merrick Garland this almost. Is where Brett, but this is where Brett Kavanaugh comes in. Exactly. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. You know, you know what they have to do now? They have to talk about the Bush administration. They have to talk about W. Over and over and over again. And and Kavanaugh is a Republican nominee, Uh nominated by Republicans, defended by Republicans, a a key part of the Republican goal for the court. Oh, invented by Republicans. Bush. He's he's a Federalist guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a he's a manufactured Republican hack. In, invented, created, nurtured by the same machine that created Donald Trump and, and that created Marco Rubio and created the Republican base right. and created Sean Hannity. He's a product of the same machine. And now we have to rip the scab off and start talking about things that happened prior to two years ago or three years ago. Which is why they wanted to – that's the real reason they wanted to lock up all God, the papers. I'm absolutely convinced right. of it is that's going to remind everybody of what happened during the Bush right. administration. We did this before already. You know, the, the Michael Gerson column. And it's hilarious. <laughs> Michael Gerson column today was, you know, we're now a superpower run by a simpleton. And I told Michael yeah. Gerson, rerunning 2005 liberal blogs – from, is no way to go through life, Michael. Yeah, because no way to go through life, that was, son. <laughs> that was what, that's exactly the critique of the Bush administration that Michael Gerson happily worked for, and which he still defends because the entire Republican project is to not remember what the fuck happened yesterday, and the media really wants to go along with it. And now we're talking about W. But they can't. They can't if the documents are all yep. dated two thousand two, two thousand three. That's it just won't happen. And Kavanaugh continually bringing up, you know, every day was nine twelve yes. from for George yes. W. Bush. And, and it's like, no, no, it wasn't. He was no. he was he went right along trying to privatize yeah. social what security. What did that have to do with nine eleven again? Uh well um uh have you uh, have you noticed that Betsy Londrigan, our uh Democratic congressional candidate, is now running uh ads on protecting social security mm-hmm. and Medicare? Well, not mentioning Trump, Trump one time. Just. He's in the air. He's nope. in the air. And and nope. Breck, and so and this is what Camilla Harris is genius. I mean, the Democrats who on that yeah. committee really represented um, themselves honorably and well, uh, because yep, and and like a bunch of prosecutors, which is what they are. And I'm not always happy to have prosecutors. No. 
representing yeah. people. You know, I, that, that kind of mm -hmm. bothers me. But in this particular case, when you need yeah. someone who knows how to present evidence, it's When the perfect. bandits are coming, you and hire the gunslingers. You hire the gunslinger, and, exactly. And she said, exactly. all right, you don't want to talk about 2002? Fine, let's talk about uh, what you said to <laughs> lawyers who represent Paul Manafort. The lawyers for Do you Trump. remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't well, you remember everything else. How come you don't remember this shit? Oh, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. Let's next question. Yeah. And, and Mike yeah. Lee had to leap in uh, to, to save the day and say, well, you know, law firms, there's a lot of law firms that are full of people. There's some thousands of people in a law firm no this is kavanaugh's best friend is in is a top lawyer mm -hmm. in donald trump's law and, firm and the guy <laughs> uh, i forget his name now the guy who is in charge of deciding which documents are secret mm -hmm. yes is his best, best friend, friend. Like, also, no 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 right. we don't need that we don't need that this part where he calls uh hitler great no no we shouldn't talk about that oh that, no well and this this is they are so outgunned in terms, this is this is my favorite GIF. Let me get back to this. My favorite GIF that I discovered this week on Twitter is a picture of Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory sitting on his couch eating Chinese food on Chinese food night. <laughs> and it says, who needs payback when karma is on your side? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what is going on now is not only is the Bush administration coming back to haunt them. But everything that they said and did during uh, the Obama administration about the Supreme Court yep. and uh, appointing of judges and questioning judges and what was going to be entered into evidence and what wasn't. And then you get to Merrick Garland, which is a whole yeah. ball of wax yeah. of denial. And we're not going to do this during election year and just stealing a seat. Yeah. And they do not have the capacity. I mean, this is. This has been brought up by people, lawyers on on social media that I know personally saying, you know, there's a big difference between sitting in a uh, conference room outside the court and making a deal with a client and a client who says, no, no, I'm going to trial. I'm not making a deal with the court. I'm not making a deal with the prosecutor. I'm going to trial. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the prosecutors really got to have their shit together. They've got to mm -hmm. have their evidence. They've got to have what they're going to present to the judge or the jury in a row. Mm -hmm. And it's a totally different deal from sitting with a scared client or a scared defendant saying, you know, we're going to make a deal with you. You know, you'll serve six months, you'll serve six years, you'll serve whatever mm -hmm. and plead guilty and it'll all go away. And you don't have to go before the judge about anything. You've made a deal. Mm -hmm. And so here you have the Senate Judiciary Committee mm -hmm. who, when it's you and, and Mitch McConnell's in charge and the Democrat Democratic President Barack Obama brings Merrick Garland in and Mitch McConnell writes all the rules and says, no, we're not even going to consider him. Yeah. Yep. That's easy. Yep. All of a sudden you've got your guy up there and you want him and you want to pass him for your donors and everybody knows that this is as corrupt as hell. Mm -hmm. You are pushing somebody through without doing any of the background check that needs to be done to hire somebody. And you're, well, you're actively hiding the background check. You're and actively act yeah. lying. I love the way Cory Booker is putting this. We're seeing 10% of somebody's resume to hire them for a lifetime position. Mm -hmm. That is something everybody can understand. He's putting it in language. 
speaking of, you know, you and I talk about giving vocabulary. Mm-hmm. When you can say that in one sentence, we've seen 10% of his resume. That Everybody can just get that right oh. away. Oh, that's a bad idea, isn't it? Yeah. I wouldn't hire somebody only seeing 10% of what they've done, mm-hmm. right? So uh, here, all of this is coming back as karma, not as payback. This isn't payback for Merrick Garland. Mm-hmm. This is karma for what they did. And they are so unprepared for Cory Booker to say, bring it, well, you know, yeah. go ahead and charge me. This is a document that says racial profiling on it. Yeah. And you're going to kick a black senator out of the Senate for wanting to talk about racial profiling mm-hmm. before the nation when you have the most racist president ever. Oh, no. Jumping you... from campaign to campaign to campaign for House members who are going to lose. Would you like to to that black senator to lead a march out of right. the Capitol right. and protest in the streets and hold a press conference and talk about all how the time in the world once you expel yeah. him from the yeah. Senate. <laughs> See, they they weren't ready for Kim Wexler to show up. No, they were um, not. That's yep. a little that's a little better call Saul joke. Um, <laughs> they weren't ready for that. They're, they're just no. like, no, we'll no. just bulldoze this through. And and Mitch McConnell was like, don't please don't make it Brett Kavanaugh for God's yeah, sake. And it. I no, said that to it. you this morning. You know yeah. that I I hate. I hate him. I hate uh, Mitch McConnell with the fire of a thousand suns. But I trust his political instincts when he says Kavanaugh is not going to be easy to get through this Congress. Yeah. And and just in that mix somewhere is the fact that the only human being left on Earth who doesn't believe that Brett Kavanaugh was sent in to get rid of Roe versus Wade, among other things, is Susan Collins. Unbelievable. She's, I mean, she, just, just a, just, she's a Republican. Don't expect anything from a Republican other than the worst possible thing they can do. Yeah. Um, they don't care about legislation. They don't care about uh, health care. They don't care about the environment. They don't care about anything. They care about sucking the dicks of enough of their donors to pay for ads so that they can suck the dicks of enough of their base to keep their job. And that's all. That's all they care about. And the cumulative effect of 50 years of this Republican behavior, not two years, Corruption. not 18 months, is Donald Trump. And, and it's corruption. Trump, That's what it is. Donald yeah. Trump and the entire Republican Congress. I, I've been making a busybody of myself um, on the Twitter correcting people. Uh, no, it's not Donald Trump. It's the entire Republican Congress. No, it's mm-hmm. not just this one person. It's the whole party. Please stop saying it's one person because if it's a one person, then you can be a hero in a memo <laughs> anonymously written to the New York Times about how you're personally saving the fucking country. But if yeah. it's the whole party. And what you're saving the country from is the ten per the ninety percent uh, the ten percent of the stuff that you think should be stopped. You didn't stop uh, babies in cages. You're not stopping environmental rollbacks. You're not stopping the worst uh, president in history from being the worst person in, ever in that office. You're simply pulling the stuff off of his desk that you personally didn't like and leaving all the other shit rolling back Obamacare. Oh, that can go through. So you're not a hero. You're just a coward who got in over his head thinking that you could mooch off of the American people and get what you wanted through. And now that's not happening. So you want to be brave behind a shield. Well, we have a letter from a listener named Nick Charles. Yeah. Well, his avatar is Nick Charles. Yeah. We're going to protect his identity, but go ahead and read that. I thought it was a great letter. Yeah. uh, Dear DGBG says, Mr. Nick Charles, uh, (laughs) beware this New York Times op-ed is pure propaganda and it saddens me how many of the Dem establishment are falling for it. If you're running a clandestine cell, this is the last thing you do. Mm -hmm. When you see Mm -hmm. something like this, 
ask two questions. Number one, who is the target population? Number two, what reaction does it seek to create? Very good questions. Question number one is obvious. Acela corridor villagers and upper middle class Dems that still believe Trump himself is the problem. Chuck Schumer is an obvious target. The easy answer to question number two is that this is a this is lifeboat building by the establishment GOP kiddies that populate this administration. Yep. Affirmation that Trump is indeed the problem. And the party is composed of freedom-loving patriots. While attractive, I'm unsure that's all there is to it, but I'm I make my living by pattern recognition. I feel a missing piece here, but I can't yet identify it. Whatever you do, don't accept the villager narrative of the, quote, alarmed old school Republicans sounding the alarm. It's dangerous bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. This is a, this is exhausting and it's repetitive and we're going to do it one more time. This is us telling you they're building lifeboats. Yep. They created a monster they couldn't control that it's destroying this country and destroying the government because that's what they wanted to do all along. Yeah. And Are because you- they're, the Republican Party's ideas are terrible and hurt people and are unelectable on the merits. But they the way Republicans kill- win elections is to brainwash voters and cheat. That's it. <laughs> well, and, and their idea of, of destroying the federal government, which is their has been go- their goal for half a century, mm-hmm. is a knife in the dark. Yep. And Donald Trump is a bludgeon in broad daylight. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. freaking the shit out of people going, wait a minute, this this was the this is what you had in mind all along. This was the end product. This is the monster. This is what you built. This is why we voted for you all these years. And so you're watching every never Trumper, every Scarborough, everyone in the media who enabled this, all of the uh, retiring uh, Republicans who suddenly are finding their voice, all of the people who are writing books, all the op-ed columnists swearing to God, swearing on the lives of their children that this isn't conservatism. This isn't Republicanism. This is some fucking aberration that just appeared out of nowhere and, and magically made 60 million of uh, decent, honorable Republicans disappear and 60 million racists and imbeciles reappear. This is exactly what they did with the Tea Party. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Except it's an upscale version of it. This is not to save the Republican base because the Republican base is perfectly happy being out and proud as Klansmen now. Right, right. And they'll form a, they'll form another party just like the Tea Party sure. or just like they'll call themselves, as I said, the coffee filter party. They'll put coffee yeah. filters on their heads. We One of the things we need to do is any of these well-funded movements that come into being, and we know they will, yeah. Fox News will have some sort of Republican, new, mm-hmm. true conservative, non-Trump product to sell the base as soon as Trump is gone. Yeah. Absolutely, they will. And I, I diagnosed this. I, I submitted it to the um, the proper medical authorities uh, seven years ago. I haven't heard back from them yet. <laughs> Um, same route with the dumpster fire. I, I submitted this for verification. Uh, it, the condition is called wingnut agnosia. Ah. Um, it's an impairment in the ability to recognize the blinding fucking obvious. Um, yep. Yep. The, the, the core of the argument being made by people whose profession it has been for the last 30 years to be political wise men and wise women and know what's going on and, and see through the and tell the rest of us peons what's really going on in Washington. Mm-hmm. Their core mm-hmm. argument is that they had no fucking idea the Republican Party was full of Republicans all this time. Yep. That's and it is such a patently ridiculous argument. And it is so clear that this is like we're right at the sort of pregnant moment 
during the Iraq war Mm -hmm. when liberals were screaming, there was something really horribly wrong here. And the media was screaming, please don't make us look at it. We're invested in the other side of this story. You're going to make us look stupid and cost us our job. So there's this period in between where they just lie. They ignore what we're saying. They lie and lie. And then 10 years from now, when Chuck Todd has lost all his hair, (laughs) sitting uh, in a wingback chair with a, a loyal dog at his feet talking about, you know, we did try to warn people about Donald mm, Trump. We really did. No, no. Battle, and we fought a, a noble, noble, brave, daring do deeds. Uh, and finally, of course, uh, we emerged. The consensus establishment emerged victorious, as it always does in a democracy. Isn't that right, Max Boot? Oh, you're so right. You're so genius. Chuck Todd loved being on your show. What about you, Charlie Sykes? Oh, yes, I loved. And they'll all go around in a circle and congratulate themselves on having been wise and thoughtful and seen this coming. Um, when it's a lie, we're in the middle of it now and you can right. watch them doing this and they're all, all, they're all, all making lifeboats and they're all hitting the water at the same time. The noise is deafening. Which so Drift Class, I want to talk about two more things before we wind up because oh, sure. we're, we're low on time today, but I want to ask you a question. I, I know I asked you this before, but let's ask it on the air. Sure. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump's experience, I think in New York city teaches him. That he can own law enforcement. Yeah. And I think we haven't talked about that in the media at all. It's sort Mm -hmm. of an anomaly that, oh, wow, the president, the president, quote unquote, thinks that he owns the Justice Department. And isn't that unconstitutional? And isn't this against norms and so forth? And they're not remembering, first of all, Donald Trump's relationship, longtime relationship with Rudy Giuliani. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, he's a crazy lawyer now, but the the Donald Trump who's, you know, had Rudy Giuliani dressed up in a dress and spraying on perfume and so forth. They they were tight back in the 90s. Yeah. What is Rudy Giuliani's relationship to the New York City office of the FBI? Oh, what is his relationship to the New York City Police Department? Like the old school police department. You mean the New York FBI that was passing around Clinton cash like porn? Right, exactly. And yeah. and leaking all over yeah. the place to yeah. destroy Hillary. Yes, right. that's who I'm talking about. And leaking yeah. to Rudy Giuliani. And he goes on Fox and goes, hee, 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 hee. just mm-hmm. wait, you'll see, you'll see. There's going to be something, you'll see. And uh, so Donald Trump has a lot of experience as a real estate developer, as a con man, etc., Within the New York City, New York State frame of business, as they call it, uh, that law enforcement works for you because you're rich and you have power and you Mm -hmm. have light and licensing and getting all that stuff is is you just you you pay the right people, you get things done. And it's a mob (laughs) run business. And now so is the White House. So, of course, he thinks law enforcement in the in the uh, frame of the Justice Department, as he tweeted, mm-hmm. shouldn't be prosecuting Republicans right before an election. No, they shouldn't be prosecuting him at all. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Sessions should simply be doing Donald Trump's bidding because not because Donald Trump looked at the Constitution and said, fuck that. He hasn't read the Constitution. No. He's doing business the way he has always done business. Well, I think there's two parts to that. The first is. Uh-huh. That Donald Trump and the rest of the Republican base that he reflects accurately um, have been bred in this filthy, enclosed, 
Fox News wingnut paranoid Clinton Cash uh, heart sniff, chamber sniff boat, yeah. sniff boat, <laughs> um, uh, Vince Foster was murdered shit mm-hmm. pile. They've been they've been right. bred in there, and they they we no longer speak the same language as them. Yeah, they believe yeah. an entirely separate reality where liberals run everything. Barack Obama never wasn't born here. Uh, Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton was a murderer. Uh, Bill Clinton was a monster, and and et cetera, et cetera. Just you know, you know the litany of just crazy ass conspiracy theories because they're stuck in this cycle where they 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 elect lunatics. The lunatics break everything. Yeah. Then they have to invent. And when you show them when you show them the chart that Donald Trump's administration and people who worked for Donald Trump as president, mm-hmm. there have been seventeen indictments. Yeah. No fake news. That, that and true. five and five guilty pleas. Yeah. And you look at Barack Obama's chart of those kind of things, and it's zero and zero. Look, Al, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't and matter. They cannot. They cannot register that they, because it's, it's wingnut. It's wingnut agnosia. <laughs> They cannot right. process that information, so it does right. not exist. They just blot it out. They believe yep. that Barack Obama ran the Justice Department as his private fiefdom and that he was an emperor who got yep. everything he wanted to do because that's the right of the president. Presidents mm-hmm. do whatever the fuck they want, get with murder, just like Barack Obama did, because they all believe that shit. And they yeah. believe it and because – And he won, you lost, yeah. So. Because, and they believe that shit because every time – this is fascism, straight up. Every time mm-hmm. something breaks – you blame the Jews. Yeah, and then you persecute yeah. them some more, and another lunatic comes to office and he breaks things further. So, well, clearly we didn't persecute them enough. The problem yeah. with conservatism is that it is a failure as an ideology. And every time it fails, they always say the same thing. Well, conservative it wasn't true conservatism, it wasn't, it wasn't real conservative enough. Let's go yeah. further right. Yeah. And they always have a scapegoat. They always find liberals to blame for their problems. Every fucking time. That's half of it. The other half is. If I may quote to you from The Alienist, Season 1, Episode 7. Sure. <laughs> Many sainted men. Let me tell you how this city is run, you stupid mick. We serve the rich, and in return, they raise us above the primordial filth. And God help us if we don't keep up our end of the bargain. That's mm-hmm. how they think. They mm-hmm. think that the, the, there is a royalty in wealth. And the police and the courts and the judges and the rest of us Lowly human beings were put on God's earth to serve the wealthy. Donald Trump is a member of the wealth class. So he has half of this. He's used to having the New York justice system do what Donald Trump wants them to do because he's fucking Donald Trump and it's New York City. Mm-hmm. And add to that, he believes firmly in the mythology of the president is an emperor and there's secret levers to power and Barack Obama could kill anyone he wanted and probably did. And that that is simply his inheritance by right. You put those two together and put 60 million reprogrammable meatheads behind it who believe every fucking word of it. And that's what you have. This is the, this is the, the, the machine. This is the end product that Republicans have been working for so long. And now it's here and, Mm -hmm. and they're looking at it in horror. I don't know why they're looking at it in horror. This is what you wanted. This is exactly what you built. They, but they never built it so the mob was never supposed to run the ship. Yep, yep. The mob was supposed to be the rocket fuel that brought Jeb Bush or Marco Rubio or or Ted Cruz so they could murder the country in the dark with a knife. Mm-hmm. It was never supposed to be an outright lying racist thug who was proud of being an outright lying racist thug in charge of anything. And now you see what the Republican Party really looks like. The Republican Party has always looked like Donald Trump. And all the people who enabled this madness 
can't look at it because then they have to look at themselves in the mirror. Yeah. And they're never going to do that. And I so, predicted this in August of 2016, folks. Yes, you did. <laughs> Don't you dare call it Trumpism. Google mm-hmm. that. Find the article. August of 2016, I wrote about how this has always been the Republican Party. Everything Donald Trump is saying comes straight out of Fox News about immigration, about the economy, about Guantanamo, about uh, all of it. And that Trump got to be president because Republican base voters turned out for Trump in the primaries. Mm -hmm. And he won those primaries. He got more. This is amazing. I mean, this is something Trump really ought to brag about. He got more Republican votes in Republican primaries than any other candidate in history. He turned out the voters. He excited the base. He got them turned out and they voted for him. Mm -hmm. And the reason they did that is he was saying what they were thinking because it had already been dumped into their head by Sean Hannity. Yep. And all he was doing was watching Sean Hannity with them and repeating it. And then they think, oh, my gosh, he makes so much sense. Because what they've been fed as politics for over a decade was already firmly programmed in their brains. And all of a sudden, here's someone who talks just like they've always been heard. They've always heard. It's politics. And that's part of the thing that just irks me. Uh, I'm not going to use a stronger word because, you know, I don't swear. Oh, no. No cussing. Um, (laughs) One thing that just absolutely fucking pisses me off is the the every – Never Trumper, every one of these Republicans who've seen the light, mm-hmm. and I accept that there's a few of them who are, who are legitimately sorry and uh, and 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 remorseful yep. and really do want to fix this problem, but most of them, frankly, aren't. They're the badge they wear with honors. I predicted this two years ago. I saw this coming eighteen months ago. You know what? Uh, give me a fucking blowjob. I saw this coming uh, over twenty minutes ago, twenty five minutes. I can name that lunatic in three years. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Because if that's your badge, if that's the entry fee to your fucking little club, every liberal should be running your fucking club because we saw this coming 20 yep. years ago yep. and 30 years ago. Yep. But no, 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 no. That's That would be to admit that we were part of it. And we're never going to admit that until you start waterboarding Republicans and, and, and strapping them up to the Trump lie detector mm-hmm. and saying, okay, really, seriously. I'm going to bring Kamala Harris in here if you don't if you don't cooperate. Oh no! And she's going to ask yeah. you embarrassing question. What did you know about the shitty Republican Party, and when did you know yeah. it? Every one of them eventually will break down in tears and say, "Oh yeah, in a moment. These, these are just a bunch of fucking chumps." It gets back to the Rick Wilson. He yeah, hates he these. Hates people. these people publicly but now. They, yeah, but these people made him rich. Absolutely. Like, yeah, sure, they're a bunch of fucking rubes. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell them what they want to hear, and you'll put money in my pocket. That's great. I don't have a conscience. I'm completely immoral, but that's cool. I don't care about that because I'll never have to pay a fucking price for it because Hillary will win, and then I can go on to being a sage-wise predictor of the future who told you that you should have gone with Marco Rubio because Hillary is a blah, 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 and you'll give me the fucking party, except that never happened. So the difference between Rick Wilson and me is that Rick Wilson spent – his entire adult life exploiting people he hated for money right. and lying to their face. Um, you and I have spent our adult lives warning the people yep. that those people were a danger to them. And, and Rick Wilson's the guy who kept saying, ignore those liberals, yeah. ignore them. Yeah. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Just keep putting money in my pocket and everything will be okay. That's right. So, That's right. I'm sorry. Uh, 
and and also we spend our podcast life in the past since 2010 loving and adoring and encouraging and supporting the audience that we have <laughs> yes uh, yeah we don't i i wanted to i wanted to read something quick from uh paul paul wrote us and just said your podcast is one of the few things giving me hope and keeping me from balling up in the fetal position and hiding under my bed <laughs> mm-hmm. we love you paul we love all of you uh and you're all very smart and very sexy. Too. Yes. 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 Uh, I want to sum up with something that just outraged me today so badly. Uh, mm-hmm. It is Illinois news. And uh-huh. uh, I got so angry that I wrote a post about it, Crooks and Liars. And I'm just furious. I'm still furious. So um, this is from the Brennan Center for Politics, who do a lot of good work in uncovering corruption. Uh, State Farm of Illinois settled a court case and will pay a $250 million fine for racketeering. This is State Farm Insurance. Anyone out there that has a State Farm Insurance account, uh, chances are your premium is going to pay to buy judges. Yeah. So um, it was a f- before, the, before the trial was set to begin in a federal racketeering lawsuit alleging insurance giant State Farm orchestrated a scheme to influence an Illinois Supreme Court election to avoid a $1 billion, that's billion with a B, verdict against them. Uh-huh. The company settled for $250 million. Well, that's a good deal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But listen to this. The original $1.1 billion verdict came down in 1999. <sighs> this has been nine years yeah. that it's been in court. Mm-hmm. Chief Justice Lloyd Carmier, I hope I'm saying that right, was elected the Illinois Supreme Court in the most expensive state Supreme Court race of all time. The year after his election, he cast a crucial vote overturning the award against State Farm. Hey, darling. Yeah. It's not nine years. It's 18 years. I'm sorry. You're right. It's 18. It's 19 years. You're right. It's 19 19 years. Thank you. Mm -hmm. My math is wrong. Even worse. Even more. It's been sitting there for 20 years. Right. And they finally settled for $250 million. Yeah. Uh, according to Bloomberg, the plaintiffs in the current litigation alleged that in order to avoid payment of the billion-dollar judgment, State Farm led an effort to recruit a judge friendly to its cause for the Illinois Supreme Court, secretly funding the judge's 2004 election campaign by funneling money through advocacy groups that didn't disclose donors. Where have you heard that before? <laughs> Dark, dirty money. The plaintiffs claim that State Farm spent more than $3.5 million to elect Carmier. Yep. The plaintiffs sought $8.5 billion in damages. Alicia Bannon, Deputy Director for Program Management at the Brennan Center for Justice, explained, One of the concerns that underlines this case is the courts are increasingly hearing cases involving major campaign donors. Mm Mm-hmm creating the appearance that they may be putting a thumb on the scale when they make decisions. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> it's from the top down, man. If you, if you can pick the judge that's going to hear your case, you're going to do really well in court. Serious. And, and we're seeing that with Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that Kavanaugh went and spoke before the Heritage Foundation as almost an audition, and indeed it was an audition to be on their list for Supreme Court, the whole process is corrupt. And uh, there was a woman on All In last night uh, 
Gupta. Her last name is Gupta. And she was saying, you know, the real danger here is that the legitimacy of the Supreme Court is now on on the rack. People are going to look at the Supreme Court and see it as an illegitimate institution. Yeah, it used to be impeach Earl Warren was just something Berkeley would say. (laughs) Only Nutjob said that, right. Uh, Can I (laughs) squeeze in one thing that made me sad and two things that made me happy? Yes, yes, and then we're going to end up. One thing that made me, just pissed me right off, and this is thanks to Shakespeare's sister for calling this to my attention, is that um, Richard Sackler, who's a member of the family behind OxyContin, Oh, yeah. Which is being sued by more than 1,000 jurisdictions for its role in alleged, I'm sorry, alleged role in creating the opioid crisis was granted a patent for addiction treatment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you invent the addiction and then you invent the cure. So that's just circle of life right there. And he's Uh, got a patent on that drug now. He does. Now, here's a couple of pieces of good news. First, the current price for punching a Nazi in the U.S. is $1. (laughs) Now, that's value. He got a fine of one whole dollar. That's value. You, you're, you know, you can't buy anything for a dollar anymore, but apparently punching a Nazi costs a dollar, which is pretty amazing. And secondly, David Hogg, the uh, Parkland School shooting survivor, right. has helped raise nearly 10 grand to put a 2006 tweet, 2016 tweet from Donald Trump attacking Ted Cruz. Remember, Ted Cruz's nickname is Mime Fuhrer. Don't forget it. You heard it Mime Fuhrer. Yes, Fuhrer. with an M. Yes. Uh, put, put, his, uh, put a Trump tweet on a billboard in texas the tweet in the tweet donald trump asks why would the people of texas support ted cruz when he has accomplished absolutely nothing for them good question mr president damn good question (laughs) anyway there's a lot more crazy shit but donald trump says crazy shit every week so we could spend the entire podcast just repeating his nonsense and that's not why we've forgotten stuff we've forgotten about labor day attacking afl cio on labor day that was that was special uh, yeah. So there's a whole lot going on. Hey, each week we post to our Facebook page and website an internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's internet kitty is Lucy. Lucy likes to be on top. Top of the counter, top of the fridge, top of the cupboards. Her human says, my Friday evenings are spent with Lucy waiting for your podcast to appear. <laughs> Thank you. No pressure, right? <laughs> Hey, Lucy, how's it going? Hey, Lucy, come on down. Time for the hey, Lucy. podcast. Lucy, I bet you can jump all the way on top of the medicine cabinet. I bet you can. Uh, Give it a try. Go for it. The thing is, we have a parkour kitty in our house. Oh, Everyone God, that's seen my cat on Twitter on the top of mm-hmm. a door, you know, sleeping. Mm-hmm. He sleeps on top of the door. All right. Uh, but go visit Lucy at our Facebook page and website. Oh, and, and Lucy's Human also says, thanks to you both for doing what you do and know you have many friends in Canada. Thank you. We so may hello need that. to Canada. Thank you. Yeah. You can send your internet kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. A special shout out to the listeners who sent me blank stamped postcards. Yeah, for postcards that's so cool. to voters. Yeah. They're already filled out. They're already in the mail. They're already on behalf of a Democrat in New York who's running. Uh, I did postcards to voters this week. Send them out, Democrat to Democrat. These these go to Democrats. You can do this too. Uh, Google postcards to voters. It is um, Tony the Democrat. You'll see that Tony the Democrat is the person running it. And handwritten, uh, no, handwritten notes make a huge difference. They really do. And it, they're handwritten. You do, and you get you get really detailed instructions as to what to do. And yeah. there are examples on Twitter of postcards to voters that people do. I I just did a little magic marker waves and wrote blue wave, and that was it. They were real simple. 
Um, and then I hand wrote, uh, you know, you sh- here's when election day is, here's who you should vote for. Here's her website, blue wave 2018. You know, we hope you'll mark your calendar and go vote for this person. And, uh, the return address is Democrat to Democrat. I didn't have to put my name. I didn't, put, you're not supposed to put your name on it. So, uh, it was easy. It was mm-hmm. fun. And it's well worth doing. So, uh, and I little, and thank you. Someone sent me blank postcards with stamps on them, so that that those are done. Yeah. One short story that, that I, I I knew the guy who used to run the Greater Chicagoland Food Depository. Uh huh. And he got one of his innovations at the time. This is going back many years. Was to get a bunch of his army buddies and senior citizens to handwrite postcards. He'd put the the text on the board. They come in over the weekend or whatever, and then handwrite letters and postcards. And the number of of donations. The number of pledges, the number mm-hmm. of volunteer hours skyrocketed because a handwritten letter, a handwritten note makes a huge difference when it comes to asking. Also, yep. phone banking is important and knocking on those doors, man. Get out there for your candidate, rain or shine. Make sure your neighbors know who you vote for and how you can help them find their polling place or better yet, uh, vote by mail. Register vote these by people. Mail. Don't forget, if you vote yep. by mail, if you have that ability in your state and some, yep. you know, Oregon, they, everybody does, but- if you have that ability in your state, uh, your votes get counted first, and they yep. are announced as soon as the polls close. So yeah. you're, you know your vote has been counted right away, right at the beginning. All right. Be aware, if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions! Letter on the air, unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job. And uh, we do need your donations to pay our bills. So we do appreciate that. Five bucks makes such a huge difference to us, doesn't it, Request? It absolutely does. It's, yep. It makes all the difference in the world. See our website, proleftpod.com, for details. Our PayPal, postal address, Patreon, et cetera, et cetera, is all there at proleftpod.com. And you can also buy merch. Please share our show on Facebook or Twitter. And thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Glass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? You know, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties knock shit off the desk all the time. And so far, not one of their op-eds has ever been published in the New York Times. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, lovey dovin'. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2018, DGBG Productions Incorporated.